podcast is brought to you by the good people over at Gamefly. With over 9,000 titles for the PS4, PS3, Xbox One, Xbox 360, Nintendo Switch, Wii, and other consoles, there's no better time for gamers to make the most of their systems by using Gamefly to play all the new and classic games for as little as 32 cents a day. To start your 30-day free trial, head on over to cinemageekly.com slash Gamefly or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. Listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. It's a brand new episode of Pod Jockey, Cinema Geekly's music video podcast. It is Anthony Lewis and Ben Knight, and we're back to talk three more music videos. Uh, I think. Uh, back to normal this week, Ben, where you and I get to make a selection. uh, So it is not completely controlled uh, or out of our hands. Uh, I think I'm pleased about that. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I'm just happy you came back. Uh, It felt like maybe you wouldn't there at the end uh, of last week. So I'm just, I'm happy uh, we were able to coax you back for another episode. (laughs) Um, yeah, uh, at some point though, I I really do need to do like Ben goes to his his friends and gets uh, song suggestions because I no because they're all assholes and they'll all come up with <laughs> stupid stuff just to show me up. You've I already to... seen one of them. We talked about it. It's not happening. Yes, um, <laughs> maybe maybe I I, I kind of want to see it but happen. People are fiercely sarcastic with each other. So, well, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, especially if all of your friends are British, like it's a way of exactly. life practically. So exactly. Uh, invented sarcasm, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, yeah. Can't, One can't, of our better jobs. <laughs> <laughs> you can't mess with the masters and yeah, I mean, it, that might be one of the, the better things you've done, uh, recently looking at uh social political climate uh yeah oh you want to get into that between the u.s (laughs) and the uk i think we can just sum it up by saying yeah no no one's covering themselves in glory right now (laughs) (laughs) okay um we're gonna we're gonna take a a small break as we always do and uh, we'll be right back with our first music video in just a moment i can feel it My hair feels healthier than before I colored. Casting Color Spa by L'Oreal. It's the gentle no-ammonia color. Healthy color I can feel with essential oils and refreshing citrus essence. Healthy color, no grays. Natural, but better. Casting Color Spa. So it feels healthier. Healthier than before I colored. Casting Color Spa by L'Oreal Paris. It's healthy color I can feel. And I'm worth it. Around the clock, the music never stops. MTV Music Television.
first music video this week, Walk This Way by Run DMC, featuring Aerosmith. Uh, although, I don't, I don't remember if the... Because uh, technically, this Walk This Way is a cover of the Aerosmith song, in which they just sample Steven Tyler's vocals and stuff. Uh, not just the vocals, but I think it's also Joe Perry's guitar as well. well for I, think the started with the, I think it started with the drum line and the guitar mm-hmm, yes. part. And then, yeah, I mean, it, this was like, it was like the Ross and Rachel of, of two musical um, things that happened here, wasn't it? Because they, yes. sort of, they were, you know, well, they weren't there. They were sort of, you know, these little things were appearing. And I think it was um, mm-hmm. uh, Rick Rubin, wasn't it? Who eventually said, okay, let's just actually do this. Yeah. So the song, the song was released in 1986. I think the video came out the same year. Not long ago. Wow. Crazy, right? Uh, yeah. And this is kind of an iconic video, sort of like a, uh, a moment in music history, I think. Um, I don't think it's too far to claim uh, to claim that. And uh, the video itself is pretty straightforward. It's uh, Run DMC and Aerosmith are, I, I presume, neighbors in an, in an apartment complex, uh, Ben. Although... Uh, the construction looks a little shoddy because at one point it's very clear that there is only but a thin wall dividing these two spaces. Uh, like, like in all American horror movies. <laughs> yes. And uh, Aerosmith is, is just jamming away and Run DMC is pissed. They're like slamming on the wall. Like, you know, turn down that racket, you noisy kids. Um, and I guess at some point Run DMC is just like, you know, you know, fuck it. We'll, we'll, We'll beat them at their own game. And then on top of that, we'll also do their own song. Um, and at first, Steven Tyler is taken aback by this. But then they start to just dig it. And the next thing you know, he breaks through the wall and starts singing along with them. And really, uh, it's kind of sort of like a really not subtle at all metaphor for breaking down the wall between rock and rap. Because they literally yeah. do, and then the next thing you know, uh, Aerosmith and Run DMC, uh, Run DMC are on stage performing the song together. So, like I said, there's not like a ton to this video, but it is like really iconic and like a huge moment in music. Uh, it's sort of like, um, I mean, I'm sure there were probably other collaborations that maybe flew under the radar, but this was sort of like a gigantic huge cross genre collaboration that presumably opened the door for so much of what music is like now where genres, so many genres are blended together. Um, well, I mean, I think we said this, I can't remember if it's probably off air, but um, you know, th- there wouldn't be, I don't know. There wouldn't be a Lincoln park without walk this way. Sure. Yeah. So, um, this was, I mean, there probably would someone would have done it by then, but yeah. um, this was a point when th- there was just such a divide between um, rap and hip hop and uh, rock music that mm-hmm. yeah, they're two completely different worlds. And yep. I mean, this is where Rick Rubin, you know, he didn't exactly invent this idea. This idea had clearly been kicking around in collective brains for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Aerosmith would not really at the peak of their career at this point things have not yeah. things have been going a little bit shaky for them um 
and this is why it's Run DMC featuring Aerosmith. It was, mm-hmm. you know, Run DMC with a big act in in this um, setting, yeah, in this setting. And it's, um, it's. I mean, the the video itself is 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 incredibly low rent. Um, but then, like, I don't know. It's kind of got the. I mean, it's interesting. You said apartments. I maybe this is because playing in bands and stuff. This feels like when you're in rehearsal. Um, rehearsal spaces, ah, and you've got okay. these soundproofed but not very soundproofed, yes, like areas <laughs> where I mean, and soundproofing's come a long way since then, I'm guessing. But, um, you know, and the second you stop, all you can hear is mm. you know something next door. And it, quite often now, in fact, the last time I was in the studio not long ago, um, I was in one room probably making far more noise than anyone liked with you know drums and guitars and stuff. And the second I stopped, actually, there was a DJ rehearsing in like the next box for lack of a better word for it sure and it, it, it oddly enough it put me in mind of this video that's before this was in the lineup actually as well so you know it's a it was a big moment and it, i think it won i can't remember if it was mtv or um vh1 but one of them had this as like the um greatest video of all time i think it, i think it was vh1 mm-hmm. uh, and you can kind of See why it's more what it stands for than what it is. Yes, yes, because it's it's. There's really not much to the video. Like I said, I I literally told you everything that happens in this video. Yeah, uh, there's a wall. They're annoyed at first. They break down the wall. They like each other. The end. Uh, oh. It's it's a nice it's a nice small story, but it's more symbolic than yeah. anything. And um, you know, I, and maybe they're reading the tea leaves on this because it really was. Uh, this really did break down the the walls for people who are like, hey, rap is okay, or hey, rock is okay. And it's so weird to think about it like that, but there was quite a divide. You know, people were very mm. divided into their camps about it, and this was a thing that literally opened people up to experience something new and make them feel okay to to dip their toe into different waters for a little bit. And uh, yeah, I think it for, I think for that alone, it's a great video, but also I just like the cover. It's a good cover too. Um, And uh, my oldest was commenting when we were watching this, she's like, you know what I really like about old school hip hop is that it's just, she literally quoted the line from the Star Trek movie, although she's never seen that Star Trek movie, but she's like, it's just beats and shouting. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what it is. It's just shouting and beats. Uh, and it was a lot of that, but it's so well done. It's, it's, it's almost, uh, it's almost a knock to say it like that because it's, it's more than that. It's, it's really well done and it's, it's really well thought out and timed and run DMC, of course, are a, a legendary group. So, yeah, uh, it's I thought this was an great. expert bit of um, mixing and mastering to get the the the, the Tyler screech into um, a, a production sound that that works with Run DMC that doesn't yes. jar horrendously. Every time I hear this, I always I you sort of stop to think that cannot have been simple doing that. Yes, uh, and it um, works brilliantly. Have you ever heard them do it live? It does not sound that smooth. No, it's a it's a feat of engineering uh, for yeah. sure. And that's the other thing my daughter wanted wondered about is how Steven Tyler has managed to scream as he does for so long. 
and that is an excellent question. Uh, nobody knows. Practice. Um, one yes. thing, if you're amused by this, this did lead me down a, a bit of a sort of odd route, as sometimes reading up stuff and preparing stuff for the show does. Yes. Uh, if you go onto the YouTubes, you'll find uh, <laughs> from not that long ago, Steven Tyler, Slash, and Dave Grohl doing mm. this track together. Yeah? Um, that's an experience. I bet um, it is. I will. I'm trying to let me see what event it was at. Hang on a minute. I now have it playing in my ears. I love I Dave can't. Grohl. He is not afraid to do anything. Everyone loves Dave Grohl. Yeah, nice. loved man in rock. Um, <laughs> I will. I'll hand you the link so that you can enjoy this. Uh, and who knows, it may go in the show notes. But there you go. Uh, but yeah, I enjoyed the hell out of that. Although Slash has become like an even bigger parody of himself now. Yes. So. Um, <laughs> Like his combination of his hair and his hat and his sunglasses always yes. used to leave very little face. But yes. unless unless it's just like a really weird bit of lighting in this video, I'm not convinced that Slash has a face anymore. <laughs> yeah, he seems to like look a bit like cousin it. I prefer that he. I prefer to not see Slash's face though. Yeah, he's from Stoke on Trent. You don't want that. Yeah. Um, yeah. By the way, according to Wikipedia, whom is. Uh, as always, eminently trustable. They do mm. describe the setting of this video as in neighboring studios. There you go. So there you go, Ben. Uh, they back you up on on Wikipedia. Also, uh, a fun fact that uh, the rest of Aerosmith was not Aerosmith. Uh, it was just oh. Tyler and Perry. Uh, the other musicians in the video were played by Roger Lane, J.D. Mallow, and Matt Stelluto respectively rhythm huh. of the largely unknown hair metal outfit smashed Gladys. So that, yep. that may be the best fact uh, that I've heard today. I think. Well, to back that up further, according to VH one's pop-up video, if everybody remembers that, which if, do. if you are younger than Ben and I, you don't, uh, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> we remember that show, and according to that, Run DMC could not afford to use the entire Aerosmith band, just Tyler and Perry, as only Tyler and Perry had traveled to record the cover. Uh, and Perry, the- he was like really not in on it either, was he? He was no. um, he was really very anti, and I think actually, to yeah. be honest, a little bit racist at the time, if I'm not mistaken, from casting my mind back. So yeah, not not a fine moment for them. Yes, <laughs> it's just so it's so weird. It's like I'm sitting here thinking like Aerosmith had to have like a lot of money. Like why didn't they did they just, after this? After this, for sure. I'm just like yeah. Run DMC couldn't afford the rest of them, so yeah. they just didn't come. That's so weird. <laughs> um, but anyway, this is Wait, a, although when you look at that other video of Tyler Slash and Grohl, yeah, you know where's Pat Smear? Where's <laughs> um, yeah, where's Axel Rose? Where, you know, where yeah. is everyone? Where are all those yeah. guys? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, whatever. Uh, it's a thumbs up song. It's a thumbs up video, I think, from from both of us. A classic yeah. for sure. Um, so we're going to take another quick break. And then up next, Ben has uh, his pick. And this is from like a, a favorite of yours, right? So it is. We're going to we're going to do a deep dive. I'm sure you're very well prepared uh, for this section of the podcast, Ben, and uh, we will talk about it right after this. 
It's back, and it's better than ever. Totally Hits 2, the totally awesome new hits collection. Of today's biggest hits on one incredible album, including Third Eye Blind, Christina Aguilera, and the current smash hit from Santana. With Totally Hits 2, the hits just keep on coming. One album, all hits. It's totally amazing. Pick up the phone and order your copy of Totally Hits 2 right now. $18.98 on CD, $15.98 on cassette. This is the only hits collection you'll ever need. The biggest stars of today are all here, including NSYNC, Madonna, Sugar Ray, and Missy Elliott. Order your copy of Totally Hits 2 right now. The biggest hits from the hottest artists, including Whitney Houston, Lone Star, and TLC. All right here on Totally Hits 2. Totally Hits 2 is the hottest hits collection available today. Totally. To order your copy of Totally Hits 2, call the number on your screen or send check or money order to the address shown. Rush delivery available. Call now. Nancy, uh, this technically not their first single, but kind of because their first one only got a little tiny baby release. Um, it was a track called Little Baby Swastika, in fact. Uh, this is a track called Selling Jesus, and it's from the 1995, I want to say, album mm-hmm. uh, Paranoid and Sunburnt, which, if you have not listened to this album, uh, it's one of, those, one of those things, as we keep discussing, that when people release records that are sort of of a I guess an angsty or punk sort of nature. Yeah. And you think, well, that's very much of its time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole of Paranoid and Sunburnt is crazy relevant again as an album. Mm-hmm. Um, and this track, as its name suggests, is very much about um, religion, politics, and the specifically, really, about the use of uh, religion in politics to repress. Um, and oppress so um, an easy sell uh, I would have thought to anyone yes um, the this track is uh, it, it's so high energy pop rock punk that mm-hmm. it's really hard to define I mean this is a clever album because although if you hear the kind of th- this is a fierce band live uh, mm-hmm. but 
they are all such exceptional musicians that you know they never sound like a kind of trashy punk band they sound so absolutely on the money every time um and i mean ace is an extraordinary guitarist and cass lewis is probably one of the most enjoyable to listen to bass players um that i can think of um this video uh, the one we're looking at because some real nerds out there will know that they did a really kind of low production value one which was put together basically just by a team around them i think it was a company like a local company in east london um which is where they're from this uh video was made by catherine bigelow and it was made as part of the soundtrack um sort of accompanying videos i think it went on the dvd extra somewhere uh, for the 1995 movie Strange Days, and if mm-hmm. you're scratching around in your brain to remember that, uh, think um, Ray Fiennes, Angela Bassett, Juliette Lewis, mm-hmm. uh, other people who I should remember. Um, and it's a sort of sci-fi film. It was the one where you know there's a, I think there were like CDs that you know had um, sort of m- memories and. Uh, sort of stuff that you could implant in people's brains. It's a James Cameron movie anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, that's why this was suddenly a sort of big shot in the arm to this band. Um, and the the video, unusually for a performance video that has been directed by like a, a cinematic director, yeah. I think conveys a lot of that energy to match the music. Quite often when you've got really high energy music, the videos sort of feel like they fall short a little bit. But this video is manic. Um, And it's interesting with, you know, some bits of footage which are in the style of parts of Strange Days, if you've seen it, and and so on, although I don't think any of it's from Strange Days. Um, And it's a protest song. It's a full-on hardcore protest song. And... Mm -hmm. Um, those, incidentally, those who don't know Skunk and Answer, you may know the lead singer, um, a woman known only as Skin. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a really odd career. She's done various bits of solo stuff. Obviously, Skunk and Nancy was and still is her band that's still touring. Well, no one's touring right now, but they would have been. They would have been uh, touring, they'd, yes. They'd have been at Glastonbury, I think, uh, this weekend as well. Um, the The other reason you might know her is she's married to an Italian woman, which meant that she spent quite a long time living in Italy in the last sort of decade or so. Mm. She was a, a, a guest judge. In fact, I think she ended up doing a full season on uh, the Italian version of, like the, I want to say The Voice, maybe, or something like that. One of these, you know, end of all type um, talent show things. Mm-hmm. And then she popped up on the weirdest thing and I can't remember what the show's called but I know you guys have got it it's the weird Japanese import show where really quite impressively high profile um, musicians appear and and some less impressive ones um, where ridiculously over the top kind of anime style costumes and their identities are kept I think it's called The Secret Singer there you go I just remembered yeah um um... Yeah, something yeah, like that. that. The Masked Singer, I think it's called. That's, that's the one, that's the one. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she was on that, and it was really weird because, it, I mean, I've, I've never watched that show, save for the fact that I saw clips from it, and there was just something on a newspaper thing that said, oh, can you identify these singers, blah, blah, blah. And I just played it, and her voice is so distinctive that, I mean, you would recognize it literally anywhere. Yeah. And um, it was. It, I found it astonishing that I don't know if the judges were just playing along or something or what, but 
Uh, I just find it really weird that people they didn't couldn't identify this massively distinctive voice. But yeah, Skunk and Nancy, one of my favorite, um, not just live acts, uh, although they are in- immense live, uh, but Paranoid and Sunburn mm-hmm. has always been a favorite album of mine. And it, as I say, if you want to listen to an album that hasn't aged since 1995 and feels crazy relevant still uh, then that is my strong strong recommendation yeah i um i was trying to think of because this is a band that did not really hit in the united states um yeah at least it didn't hit into to to my circles or anything like that but i don't really recall them getting much uh i mean i'm sure probably in more of like the underground in the states i'm sure they had uh a following and a name but in just in terms of like you know, good old Midwestern me listening to my mainstream rock radio. Like this is a band that never uh, came into to my view. Uh, I was trying to think of a good. Uh, you kind of described it earlier, but it's uh, it's crazy how sort of unhinged the video seemed. Like it was so like this thing blasted me in the face, Ben. Uh, mm-hmm. This did, and this did not feel like I had to go back and reread that Catherine Bigelow directed this, the the woman that did like the Hurt Locker and Zero Dark Thirty, yeah. which uh, won won an Academy Award and one was nominated for Best Picture. Uh, like this did not feel like that style of video. This thing, uh, and as you backed up, I'm like, I wonder if they have. Like if this is like the performance energy, because this thing was manic. It was yeah. all over the place, but controlled. Uh, as you noted, like they're good musicians, so it's weird because it felt like hectic and out of control, but weirdly precise at the well, same time. I mean, Mark time. Richardson is is, yeah. is known in drumming circles as, to be blunt, one of the best drummers in the world, and he, he's. Yeah. He's, you know, he's done loads and loads of session work, and I can see is, why. Yeah, yeah. As as often the case with session musicians, you know, people don't always necessarily remember their names. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, I mean, he is very, very um, yeah. well known in the drumming world. Uh, the, the tracks that people might remember from Skunk and Nancy that might ring vague bells uh, depends which one, was, if any of them, became a thing there. Mm-hmm. I know they featured on soundtracks like Sensei featured, I think, Hedonism. Uh, from the, uh, their second album, Stoosh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Week, which is from this album, was a massive track most of the world over. Uh, and I think the other one that became like a sort of weirdly surprise hit was one called um, Charity, which is also on this album. Um, but yeah, they massive, massive band in um, Europe and massive in... Uh, like Japan and China and everything else. And, mm-hmm. and weirdly, I wonder if the reason they didn't like tear it up in the states was because this album in particular um she kind of doubles down pretty hard on um on the christianity side of things because yeah. you know um as a as a, a black lesbian who uh, grew up in east london mm-hmm. she is not the biggest fan of those who would seek to uh, have a problem with her and i'm afraid sure. That was quite often, yes. Uh, you know, cisgendered, heterosexual, um, white people. So sure, you know, um, maybe I don't know. Maybe it's the power of the Bible Belt and whatever else. Who knows? I, I mean, it, it could it could be that. I mean, the the their sound is also not particularly mainstream, especially for like the nineties. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so I think some of it is probably that too. I'm sure like, I'm sure tapes or whatever were sent in and they're like, I don't know. That's not a, that's not a good sound for radio or in the U S they did tour with, uh, they toured with Henry Rollins, bad religion, Lenny Kravitz, um, Aerosmith weirdly. Oh, everything's linked. Um, yeah, look at that. Uh, I can't remember who else, uh, more recently. I know they toured with, um, perfect circle, but I don't know who else. Yeah. It's, 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 it seems to me odd, actually, that they weren't a, a bigger hit in the US because al- although that sound is very, um, it, it's not a very American sound. No. It does sound like it does sound like British punk music, and yes, there hadn't been any um, kind of left wing British punk music for a very long time. Not of any mm-hmm. substantial note until '95. Yeah, so maybe that's a thing. Who knows? Uh, the actual content of the song, as you noted pretty time well not not just pretty timely but kind of always timely um mm-hmm. especially in politics using um using religion either for either twisting uh taking religion and twisting it to hurt other people or just taking it and using it as a cover to keep your job uh mm-hmm. whatever the case may be it is it is regularly used for both uh and yeah, I mean it's in it's it's right in there. They want your soul, your money, your blood, and your votes. Uh, and yep, <laughs> that's a pretty good descriptor uh, of of most governments, I would say. But uh, yeah, I think a, a timely song. I, in in a lot of ways, it's one of those things where if, like you listen you listen to it, and it's like this came out in like ninety five, but um, this could have easily come out today and. It doesn't feel like it's musically aged to me. No, um, not really. I think it still sounds exactly as it, it was when it was fresh. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Uh, it's it's not entirely... It's one of those things where I had to listen to it a couple of times before I really got into it because it's not exactly my thing. But mm. uh, the more I listened to it, the more I enjoyed it. And I try to watch unless it's something I've watched a bunch of times, especially if it's something I haven't seen before, I want to try to watch the video like three or four times just to get a better feel for it and to, to find the things that click for me and the things that don't click for me. Uh, the video itself is kind of hard to explain, right? Cause it's, it is a performance video to a degree, but a lot of it is just like a lot of it too is just, um, it moves so quickly and it's very energetic. And so in your face with stuff, like sometimes it doesn't feel like it's uh, a performance. Is there, is there footage in there that's not performance? Yeah, footage? there is. Okay. Uh, so um, through the section that's talking about, uh, they made them up and wrote a book to keep you on your knees um, and all that bit. That's, yeah. uh, that's footage there of, um, uh, of somebody clearly representing Jesus being sort of, ushered out of a performance venue and kind mm-hmm. of mobbed by fans as fans. if you know yeah exactly uh so you've got that section in there you've got the um the, the bit where she's i think like hitchhiking with the truck driver yes, yes. um that uh that is, which again you know there's sort of there's a few cinematic moments in it that look like they're probably quite good mm-hmm. but as you say it moves so fast oh yeah it's like it's, pun- so, it's a it's punishing out. video yeah yeah and you know obviously very intentionally um mm-hmm. but uh yeah it's 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 a 
tricky watch if you you know you, you can't look away from it it's it's quite intense yeah um so ultimately i settled on thumbs up for this video and the song oh. um and ben did in fact in the in the chat we were having uh ch he's chastising me if i do not listen to <laughs> some of the other songs uh from from skunk and nancy so i'm going to have to at some point Yay! listen to more of course uh Good. trying to open all those doors up ben so uh that's a great one well uh we're heading up on uh my pick the third video for this week's episode and uh much like yours ben from a little known band and uh i hope you uh enjoyed this very obscure <laughs> pick uh that i had and we're going to talk about it right after this Excuse me. I thought maybe today we'd make a scene that's very happy, beautiful little scene with a lot of color in it, very easy that you can do. There we go. Okay, let's just put a happy little mountain, something about like that. And let's paint several little happy trees and push. Look at there. There. MTV, the land of happy little trees. it's Metallica's The Unforgiven. I don't know if you've heard of this before, but... Uh, um, it's a... Metallica. <laughs> no. It, um, it's their... Uh, it's, it's I'm not really sure they made a big, uh, you know... Into the UK. On, ...on this side of the Atlantic. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this was... Uh, well, I mean, I told you I was thinking about picking uh, a Metallica song. I, I should, because for like decades they were my favorite band of all time and are still high on my list um this is the band i this is you know for everybody they've got like a a group or a singer or performer or whatever that was like their first thing and yeah. this was my first thing like i uh remember getting like a I remember getting and justice for all on cassette for a birthday one year. And then I remember the black album coming out in 1991 or late 1991, just a couple months before my birthday. And I remember the event 
that was getting in the car and going to the mall and whatever it was, going to Sam Goody or whatever music store it was at the time, and purchasing, grabbing this cassette wrapped in plastic, which was also hinged in some sort of like other otherwise giant plastic container that allowed you to pull it off of Mm -hmm. a rack but prevented you from opening it. Uh, Yeah. I remember the big event that this was unwrapping it and playing it. And this is one of, and this is one of those albums where, and I'm sure this is the case for a lot of people because this is a fairly iconic rock album, but this is for, for me, one of those things where it's like, I know every song beginning to end every word. Oh, likewise. Yeah. Um, like to me, every song on this album is great. Uh, but this is for me, the, the video for the unforgiven is the one that, uh, stuck out to me. Um, and there are a couple other Metallica videos that I really enjoy too, but, uh, for some reason, this one stuck out to me. I, I've, I've probably seen this video like a hundred times, like, uh, just on MTV watching it as a kid or I was about to say, if you had MTV as a kid, yeah, you have seen this a hundred times. Yeah. I saw it a bunch. Uh, and, uh, for, for our own sanities though, we are just talking about the original release version of the video and not the theatrical theatrical version of the Unforgiven, which, uh, I remember watching it when it came out. I'm like, oh man, because they did a whole marathon. It was an event as well. Yeah. Yeah. They did a whole marathon of Metallica videos. And then they aired this 11 and a half minute theatrical version, which at the time I'm like, oh, amazing. Uh, just I'm throwing roses at my television screen, Ben. I'm so I'm so enamored at how great this was. Going back and watching it again, it's it's, it's not that great. I actually did get back and watch it this week. It's not that good. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm glad I'm glad we just watched the uh, the the standard version of the song. Like, oh my, the actual song is six and a half minutes. Like, it's a long. The video is long enough. Um, yeah. But yeah, this uh, is like preamble to the to the BC here, really, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Uh, so this video, very artsy, black and white, and it's about uh, a human, I guess, kept in captivity. Which is, I never knew what this video is about until I read this Wikipedia page, and it says it's about a boy born in captivity who lives in a windowless stone room, as people born in captivity tend to do. Uh, and we watch that is it. Clearer, that is clearer from the 11 minute video that that's the case. Yes. Uh, and yeah. as you watch it, he ages into an adult and then grows old, spending his entire life carving into the stone to create a window uh, while occasionally grasping at his sole possession, a locket. Um, now, it is implied that somebody else lives on the other side of the stone room, which as a kid is something I never got. I'm just like, this is a weird video, but this song rules. Uh, so that was my takeaway when I was young. Uh, but the video ends with the old man finally creating a window through which he deposits his loan possession. And then he blocks off the tunnel, uh, that he, he crawled, uh, not, not unlike the Shawshank redemption, uh, as he does it behind a poster. Uh, so (laughs) that's where my brain went, but never touch a post, never trust a poster if you're a captor of some sort. No, there's always just presume somebody's already dug a tunnel behind that. Just don't let yeah. them put posters up, everybody. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> yes, uh, he he blocks off the tunnel and uh, then he just lays down to die. His deed apparently accomplished, uh, passing this this locket on. What it all means, Ben, 
I don't know. But it was in black and white, so it must have meant something. Yes, it meant something. Yeah. It meant something important and interesting. Uh, and also, the song is great. So, uh, what, what, did you, what do you make? What do you make of uh, the Unforgiven? My late review for, for the track <laughs> The Unforgiven. Yes. Um, I, I think everyone's got like Metallica memories, haven't they? Uh-huh. Um, similar in terms of the purchase of it. I think I. Like I maybe came to Metallica like a year after the Black Album for some reason. I, mm-hmm. I had like liked them before, but I I don't know. It was complicated times. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I've seen Metallica live on. Uh, I would hazard a guess ten occasions probably. Mm-hmm. Um, so at Donington Festival, uh, as you might imagine, um, the year they were headlining Reading Festival, which turned into a double headliner with the um, uh, with Marilyn Manson who were unheard of at the time they were booked uh, yeah. and then were the double headliner by the end of the uh, end of the, the summer uh, I saw them on their three gigs in one day tour in Paris at the Bataclan and various other stuff yeah. so um, suffice it to say um, quite a Metallica fan that yes. is to, that's not to say that I've not been critical of stuff they've done over the years they like anything that has been going quite that long have even within their fan base people who love and hate all parts of it I think the unifying space for Metallica is probably the Black Album and Mm -hmm. one of its most unifying spaces though not not the obvious one um, is probably this track yeah the um I mean, there's no point talking about the track because everybody knows this track and if you don't I'm not entirely sure what's going on with you Um, the video I I have similar recollections to you. I remember seeing, I think it was played so often on MTV that I think I kind of got to the point with it where I'd almost slightly sigh when I saw it. Mm-hmm. It's like when you see that, you know, that left tapping um, Converse high top in a slightly yellow huge smoky room and you realize they're playing Teen Spirit again. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or whatever. You know, it, it, it was one of these buzz videos on MTV and. It almost killed it for me, mm-hmm. but it has been a damn long time since I've seen this. Yeah. And um, the only thing I'll say about it is, it's a little bit odd, and it may just be maybe the version I've got or whatever. But I'm surprised if, or I would be surprised if there isn't a better quality, um, better resolution version of this video out there than Metallica's official one, mm-hmm. uh, as in you know their their official online available one um because this is obviously shot um using old films so presumably somebody's cleaned this up at some point yeah um and i wonder whether the reason it it only exists in this form is because it it perhaps wouldn't stand up to being um tidied up a bit mm-hmm. because in this format it's all very not just black and white but kind of moody black and white it's very oh yeah you know it's it's like when they didn't want to show you the Batmobile, you know. Dark darks, um, yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, I I enjoyed it, and it this was this was a nostalgia track for me in a in a way that even Skunk and Nancy wasn't, or 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 even uh, Run DMC. This was looking back at a band who I still love and would still go and see if um, I had the opportunity to arise. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do feel like again, hair rock abound in this video in oh, the yeah. performance sections of it um 
I I think the nice thing about Metallica is they've moved on so many times and done so many different things. Yes. If I want to go and watch something with Metallica in it doing something visually creative, there is a wealth of material mm-hmm. um, that you can go and view. And this probably now, though not at the time, probably now would not be top of my list. In aged. Truth. It has but aged. I, it has aged badly, but I did enjoy it, and it was a welcome yeah. um, short visit as opposed to the longer one, which was less well, uh, welcome. Yes. And, you know, I will further, uh, I will further cement myself into this point that you made is not only is this album kind of like a coming together point for most Metallica fans, I could, uh, narrow it down to not only this song, but perhaps even to just Kirk Hammett's solo in this song, which, mm. uh, I love, which I don't even think is maybe his best solo on this album, but it's, you know, the solo that everybody has heard because this is the song that got played not as much as enter Sandman, but close. And it's, it's like that solo, the solo in Sandman and the solo and nothing else matters are the things that like pretty much everybody who's ever listened to any music has heard, uh, because the song, the word iconic is, yeah, the word iconic is a bit tired, but when you, you hear particularly those, well, those three, solos and of course a couple of those have got two solos within them yes um those are such iconic bits of lead guitar mm-hmm. that yeah any any guitarist taking themselves seriously almost across any genre of guitar playing if even if you can't play it which some of them you know some of it's pretty tricky yeah. um even if you can't play it you should be familiar with the methods they're using to 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 produce that because it, it is absolute art the, the the solo work on the black album yeah um it's yeah this i mean the whole album i think is incredible but yeah and and hammett is one of my uh idols at least when it comes to to guitar i think he's incredible Mm -hmm. but uh the uh yeah it's like this was a total nostalgia push for me too but also like a song like i still listen to semi-regularly uh, like this mm-hmm. will, this will still pop up every now and again. Like my, when I shuffle my music, there's like thousands of songs. So this doesn't always crop up, but almost without fail, Metallica will pop up. Uh, just usually not this song, but it's still in, I would say semi-regular rotation, even after all of these years, uh, the video hasn't aged particularly well, but I still think the, the song has, um, oh, and yeah. Uh, and I think largely that's just due to I think they're good songwriters and um, yeah I well that, like they said when they released Load which was probably their most controversial record amongst yeah. their m- sort of main fan base although Reload um, is more that, controversial but <laughs> it is now yeah um, I think I, I can't remember I presume it was James Hetfield who said that you know people forget the the type of metal that they were producing the type of rock that they were producing was i think he called it amplified blues mm-hmm. and that's absolutely what it was and like and the whole point about load was amplified blues has got a massive range and yeah. you know they they've played it to the spinal tap 11 for quite a long time up to that point and load was them saying you know we yeah. can do this a different way um and then they opened every gig on that tour yeah. um by playing battery to kind of undermine their own point but um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah what are you gonna do well but, I mean, yeah i you mean know, they were considered um you know thrash metal at first but i mean you know it's, yeah. as early as the second album they did fade to black which True. was like a metal ballad 
So, and, and, and class, classical music fans are well aware of one track on this record. Mm. Um, the, the the hit that nothing else matters was yep. with um, you know musicians who are, and know nothing at all of Metallica. Yep. Everybody knows that riff. Everybody yeah. knows that riff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's uh, it, and this is something that uh, Lars was saying about this particular song was that they wanted to do something like they did with Fade to Black or. Uh, Welcome Home Sanitarium or any of those other things. They just reversed it for The Unforgiven, which was instead of a um, instead of a heavy chorus, they went with a softer one, and the the verses were more heavy, and the chorus was more melodic. Um, which is yeah, you know, a little change they made, but it really stood out. And um, on an album where they also did nothing else matters like it's really not i don't think it's that far of a leap that they went and did load after this um no it was a natural progression i think it was just a culture shock to everybody that it wasn't super hard and super heavy and of course ben uh they they cut their hair which of course they cut their hair and except well kirk's hair sort of what kirk was actually as a, he was the surprise of everyone cutting their hair. Yeah. Everyone suddenly realized James Hetfield had a face, yeah, um, and had suffered horrendous acne as a kid. Yeah, and everyone suddenly started looking very differently at uh, at Kirk, mm-hmm. um, myself included. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think this is the thing, isn't it? You look at mm-hmm. the, the the big bands of of rock over the years, but you know, all the way through, let's say from the seventies maybe till now. The ones that have really stood the test of time have always had periods of reinvention. Yeah, um, and I've I've enjoyed the kind of ebb and flow of of Metallica's mm-hmm. uh, time. Me you know, I've not I've not been there for every part of it because you know some stuff like Death Magnetic it was just not my jam. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but you know, great that they they sure. can't please everyone all the time. And God, they'd be boring if they did. Yeah. I mean, they, I mean, they've even, you know, circled back around. I, a lot of people liken death magnetic to, uh, to like injustice for all, or at least that kind of style. Like they kind of went back to that sort of sound, whether or not you enjoyed that or any of the, the tracks off of it is another story, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, they, they've kind of done everything there is to do sort of, uh, well, you know, whilst remain, remaining in the genre of rock. I mean, they could go do, you know, like a country core, uh, you know, hip hop infused dubstep. Well, Mama said on load. Uh, I I mean, Mama said is basically a country song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which there is a music video for, which I did not realize, but there is, uh, that'll have to be a pick maybe sometime. Cause that's a, that's a like out of the, that's like an out of the blue song for Metallica. And one I happen to like as well, even I though, well, yeah. even though it's very much not a typical Metallica song. And it's funny, the things that you remember, because I remember that load period as well. Uh, and specifically mm. the, uh, the Allison chains unplugged concert where I believe it was Jerry Cantrell who on his guitar wrote friends. Don't let friends get haircuts. 
right. mocking their mocking their haircuts. Uh, it's amazing the shit that I still remember after all of these years. Because I believe at the time I took offense. I'm like, how dare this motherfucker? Like they should be able to cut their hair if they want to. Like they got a lot of shit for that. They really did. They got a, Although, you, you know, like this. They got this. You sold out sh- stuff, right? Like yeah, you're not rock absolutely. anymore. You're not metal anymore. Um, but you know now you look around rock music and look around i mean there are still some like hair rock bands out there yeah but not a ton no it it would look odd these days yeah they're ahead of the times yeah and i I, my particularly fond memory of that very specific era and that tour is that they that was the the year they did the double headliner with um with manson on the last day of reading festival Mm -hmm. and um mtv were I think it was MTV, it might have been BBC, I'm not sure, we're doing one of these sort of little bits where you, you know, they sort of do little vox pops with people in their tent there and stuff. And they were just sort of dragging people in and sort of chatting to them and letting them prat about. And they had some instruments in there. And I picked up the acoustic guitar in there because I was that wanker. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I I assume it was someone, I, I really don't remember. Um, and whilst we were waiting for Metallica to come on, which you know is an interminable process, yes, uh, it's worse than waiting for Guns N' Roses to come. <laughs> whilst we were waiting for that, um, MTV or whoever it was, it, it might have been BBC actually, did a montage of like the various clips from from there during the day. But they were, before each act came on, they did clips relating to the band that were coming on. Yeah. Um, so in the run up to Metallica, there were all these various clips of people talking about Metallica and so on, and then literally just before they came on the last clip that was on there was me playing Sandman. <laughs> so I've opened for Metallica is the way I'm choosing to remember that. Yes, you opened. Um, so there you go. Yeah. So uh, my little moment of joy and, about that. And by the way, back when back when singles were actually released on cassette and CD, uh, there are B-sides to The Unforgiven. And I should note, for fun, that one of the B-side tracks released with The Unforgiven was uh, a happy little tune called So What? Which uh, everyone should go listen to with their grandmothers in the room. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> that's a, that, was a, that was the other track they used to open with on that tour, wasn't it? Because it was it Battery was. and So What. Yeah. Battery and So What were like like the first two that they would usually open with. Yeah. Um, that is a cover. And... Uh, I don't remember. I've, I'm sure I've heard the original, but I don't remember who recorded the original. I don't remember off the top of my head. But uh, the, the, shouting at the yeah, the Metallica version is the definitive for me. So yeah, uh, and as an angsty teenager, there was no better song than the Metallica song featuring just loads of bad words, just tons <laughs> of them. So that's a fun little tune that everybody should go listen to as well. There's no music video unfortunately for so what but uh that would be that would be a video wouldn't it it would be one hell of a video uh <laughs> all right so that's the podcast for this week uh uh head on over to cinemageekly.com where you can check out the archives of the episode and of course we're on uh apple podcast google podcast uh where else are we at stitcher spotify just search for pod jockeys hit subscribe and of course if you want to add to uh uh, this list I'm cultivating of video requests, uh, even though nobody ever goes to Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, you should. We're at Cinema Geekly, and you can talk to us on there, although I probably should get back on the Cinema Geekly Instagram more often. It's 
kind of collecting cobwebs at the moment. So not the best advertisement for that, but, but uh, Twitter and Facebook, I am regularly checking those. So if you want to do that, that's fine. But most people are sending things into cinemageekly at gmail.com and you're welcome to, uh, to make your requests uh, as always. And uh, that's it Unless for this week. Oh God, Ben, don't, don't get started. Uh, mm. we, and we also I haven't even mentioned BTO this week, but yeah, there's no, there was no Bachman Turner overdrive. Uh, mm-hmm. This week, so I don't know if if you uh, if uh, if this week didn't do it for you, uh, God, I don't know. Let's squeeze it in there, baby. You ain't seen nothing yet. Is that good? Oh, there we go. That'll do. S- squeeze yeah. it in. All right. Uh, so for Ben Knight, I'm Anthony Lewis. We will see you next week. Three more of music videos on another episode of Pot Jockeys. <laughs> <laughs>